0: Hello, and thanks so much for joining us here for episode 306 with Dr. Mike Dow. Dr. Mike is sharing, what does it take to make your brain all the more brilliant and healthy and sharp and alert and not drained and exhausted and yucky? So you all learn, one, the key foods that keep your brain healthy, two, the types and benefits of different omega-3s, and three, how and why to practice mindfulness every day. So if you'd like to check out the show notes or the transcript or the links to items that you've referenced, you'll find that over at awesomeatyourjob.com slash F306. Now, here's Dr. Mike's story. Dr. Mike Dow is a psychotherapist, best-selling author, brain health expert, and television personality. Inspired by his brother who suffered a massive stroke when he was just 10 years old, Dr. Mike made it his personal mission to help others in their quest for health and happiness. In his new book, Heal Your Drained Brain, Naturally Relieve Anxiety, Combat Insomnia, and Balance Your Brain in Just 14 Days, he shares information, actionable steps, and guidance to naturally relieve anxiety, combat insomnia, and balance your brain in 14 days. Dr. Mike has hosted series on TLC, E, vh one and Investigation Discovery. He's a reoccurring guest co-host on The Doctors, one of the Dr. Oz show core experts, and makes regular appearances on Today, Good Morning America, Rachel Ray, The Talk, and more. Dr. Mike holds a Master of Science degree in Marriage and Family Therapy, and a doctorate in Psychology. Other best-selling books of his include The Brain Fog Fix and Healing the Broken Brain. So thanks to Dr. Mike for taking some time to chat, and thanks to our sponsors. Check them out here is Dr. Mike Dow. Dr. Mike, thanks so much for joining us here on the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'd love to get started a little bit. You know, normally we have sort of a a fun opener, but your your opener is kind of intense. You've got a tale of how your brother had a stroke at a young age that really shaped your whole path. Can you share a little bit of that with us? Yeah.
1: So when my brother was just 10 years old, he had a massive stroke. And one doctor told us that his stroke was just too massive. The damage in his brain was just too bad that we should just put him in a nursing home for the rest of his life. That physical and speech therapy probably wouldn't help enough. And I saw what you can do if you use your brain in the right way, if you challenge yourself. And today I can tell you that my brother, he still can't use his right arm, but my brother is living a happy, independent life. He travels, he drives, he walks, he runs. All the things that people told us, one naysaying doctor uh, told us that it would be literally medically impossible. My brother did some of the things that I recommend in Heal Your Drained Brain, and also my other books like The Brain Fog Fix, and the book that my brother and I, you know, my brother is also, by the way, now a published author because we wrote a book about stroke recovery, healing the broken brain, omega-3 superfoods, high doses of omega-3s, challenging your brain each and every day in your work, in what you do. You have the power to rewire, to work your brain each and every single day in novel and challenging experiences. And that's why I became a brain health expert, because I saw what you can do in the little, the mundane, the challenges in the spreadsheets in speech therapy, but it's not just these formal therapy modalities. It's what you do at your Mac in front of your, uh, in that Excel document in challenging and rewiring the brain. So it's
0: kind of cool, right? Well, there's already so much I want to follow up on here. I'm an Excel enthusiast myself and I have fallen off the train of of taking my morning fish oil. So let's maybe just very quickly touch on these before we we lose the moment. So omega-3s are a big deal, huh?
1: They're huge and most Americans aren't getting enough omega-3s, and there are two types of omega-3s that are usable for the brain, right? So, you know, in Heal Your Drained Brain, which is my uh, latest book, there are two usable forms, right? And people get really confused, and most omega-3s on the market, um, I was just having this conversation with a tech enthusiast the other day, and he was like, well, I'm just taking an omega-3. I'm like, well, what kind of omega-3? He's like, well, I'm just going to start taking massive doses. I'm like, well, are you taking a high EPA or are you taking a high DHA? He's like, well, does that matter? I said, well, yeah, it matters because you know there are different benefits for both, right? So in Heal Your Drain Brain, I talk about EPA as your stress-less omega-3. And in the Brain Fog Fix, I called it your feel-better omega-3 because EPA is associated with better mood and less stress. So if that's your target, and it also helps you to fall asleep because you have less anxiety, right? So if that's what you want, and that's your problem, you want to look for an omega-3 supplement that has very, very high levels of the omega-3 EPA uh, and very low levels of the omega-3 DHA. So you want like a seven to one ratio. So on the back of the bottle, you'd want something that says like EPA let's say like something around like 700 milligrams and something around, let's say like a hundred milligrams or, you know, that's the ballpark because they're all a little bit different. But if you're, if you want to think better, so in, in brain fog fix, I think I called DHA your think better omega-3 because that that book was more about, you know, dementia prevention and and brain fog. And in heal your drain brain, I called it your sleep soundly omega-3 because DHA does two things. It's all about cognition it's about dementia prevention, and it's about deep sleep. So if you're somebody who's not sleeping soundly, so the EPA helps you to fall asleep if it's anxiety, but DHA in research helps to improve deep sleep. So DHA, if that's what you want, then maybe you want an omega-3 that has higher levels of DHA, or maybe you just want like a sub. And if you want both, then just get one of the vanilla supplements, not, not a vanilla flavored, but you know, just an everyday omega-3 supplement because most supplements on the market have like a, you know, like a one-to-one ratio of EPA and DHA or like a two to three ratio or three to two. But if you want to, if you're specifically targeting one of those Targets in mood or cognition that I just mentioned, you may actually want to go higher on on one or the other.
0: Well, now is the ratio what makes the difference, or is it the dosage? Like that thought from the buddy you mentioned, who's just going to take massive doses? Would that would that give it me everything I want? I want better mood, I want better stress, I want to sleep faster and sleep deeper and think better. Yeah. A bunch of both. Would that do the trick, or is the ratio yeah. Really important?
1: Yeah. So that's a great question. So it is both because. They compete for space in your cells, so that's why the, the the dose and the ratio matters. So we know from research that if you want the mood benefits, you can't just take a ton and just think, "Oh, well, I'll just take a ton of both because then I'll get both benefits." Because the, the DHA actually sort of in your brain cells pushes the EPA out. So then you you can take you can take a, a very very high EPA dose of you know, let's say for anxiety, the research shows that you need if you if you want really potent anti-anxiety effects, you need about 2,000 milligrams of EPA. Uh, but you also need a 7 to 1 ratio of EPA to DHA. And this is all in my book because I know it's really confusing for people who are just listening to, to this uh, really, really quickly. Um, so it's all written down. or they can I, I know you probably have show notes or something, or they can get this transcribed. So it, it's about both. So you, you, it's about the dosage, but also the ratio because they compete for space in your cells, and these two omega-3s can sort of push each other out. And I'm also going to give you one more thing that is going to possibly confuse people, uh, and that is if you're vegan, you're probably not getting enough DHA because the vegetarian sources of omega-3s like walnuts and flaxseed convert to EPA, but hardly any of that converts into DHA. So you're probably not getting DHA at all. And the way to remedy that is to take a plant-based, algae-based DHA supplement. I coined a phrase uh, because it's sort of my dietary philosophy that I preach in my books. Uh, it's what I follow. You know, I follow a Kediterranean diet, which is a keto, a ketogenic plus Mediterranean. So Kediterranean. Uh, the Mediterranean is the best diet for brain health, but I do a little bit of intermittent fasting and lower carb principle. So it's Mediterranean. Um And if you sort of put those two philosophies together, or if you're if you're vegan, I would do a, a Keegan, <laughs> you know, sort of a, 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 a Mediterranean, uh, but also a lower carb, sort of a, a Keegan diet. Americans are really all or nothing thinkers, right? We get really obsessed with one thing. And we use a lot of black or white thinking. And we get obsessed with like one thing and we do that. Like it's all Atkins all the time. And then, okay, we're going to throw that out the window. Now it's all vegan all the time. And there's all of these different strategies make sense. But we kind of have to take a little bit of everything. We have these little gray area thinking. And this is very true for work too. Because, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there who say, oh, just quit your job and just follow your dreams. Well, (laughs) yeah, but I also have to, you know, pay the rent and feed my children. and. Have health insurance, you know? So I think, I think we have to sort of, we have to sort of, uh, click all the boxes, you know, which is why I was really excited to be on this podcast. Cause I know that's what you, you really talk to your listeners about. It's how to click all the boxes at the same time. Right.
0: Oh, oh, cool. But yes, thank you. Boy, well, we just went deep right away in terms of the EPA and DHA and and all that. But maybe could you could you paint a little bit of a picture in, in terms of yeah, just how much of a difference does this stuff make? Is it like, oh, I'll be able to think like 10% clearer or it's like night and day. My cognition is transformed because of omega-3s.
1: It, you will feel a difference. There are some things, you know, in healing your drain brain, some of the things you're going to feel right away, you know, so some of the practices, some of the tools and and tips and tricks and hacks that I give you, some of them are like, in the moment, here's a little hack you know I just talked about identifying when polarized thinking shows up in your life um, and let's say you're at work and you see some YouTube video and you're like yeah i'm gonna I need to follow my dreams and quit quit my job and you realize, oh my god, that's black or white thinking, and I need to like nip that in the bud, and I need to realize how maybe I can you know a great example is how can I use gray area thinking and have a side hustle and build my side hustle until that is generating enough income. uh, So that I can, you know, when I left, you know, I used to work for the Department of Mental Health in LA. And I I heard this quote that I loved. And it was, uh, sometimes you have to jump and uh, build your wings on the way down. But I didn't jump (laughs) until, you know, so I was building a private practice while I was working for the Department of Mental Health. And for me to just jump you know, so I would say I I, I I did I did jump, but I had a soft landing, you know. So for me to jump and leave the Department of Mental Health and leave my health care plan and all that would have been really sort of it, it would have been sort of foolish. Right. But I also believe in people following their dreams. And then I jumped from private practice into into writing books. So I I help people to follow their dreams all the time. But if you have three kids, I'm not going to tell somebody to quit their job with, you know, with nothing to, you know, with nothing built, you know, so I'm going to help you to sort of create stepping stones. So, oh gosh, so I digress.
0: Yeah, sure thing. Well, I I was just wondering how how substantial is the impact of some of these interventions and and is, is omega-3s like the the big one to start with or is it the black and white versus gray thinking is going to give you you the most bang for your buck? Uh, Sort of, I'd love to hear some hard hitting numbers from the research and like, holy smokes, if I do this, yeah. I can see that.
1: Thank you. So omega-3s and, you know, I have a chapter in heal your drain brain about, I call probiotics the new Paxil. So both omega-3 dosing and uh, just simply com- eating a probiotic and combining that with a prebiotic, you know, like the prebiotic fiber in a banana or onions. And by the way, heal your drain brain also has recipes in the appendix that, that helps you to do that we know from research, there was a, a really groundbreaking study in UCLA, at UCLA that had people, and this was not placebo effect. So what they did to make sure it wasn't a placebo effect, they gave women in one group a dairy product that contained probiotics, you know, so like yogurt that had, um, you know, those good gut bacteria. And then they gave uh, another group this, uh, a dairy product, but they sort of, you know, took out the probiotics, right? And after a month, they scanned their brains, and they assessed for their anxiety. And they found that the women con- who consumed one, you know, this dairy product, so like something as simple as uh, drinking kefir, I say kefir, some people pr- pronounce it the fancy like word. I, it, yeah, exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Drinking <laughs> think
1: of, Jack Bauer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but just doing that will help to decrease your anxiety after 30 days in this research, and they saw the changes in brain scans. Similarly, omega-3s, after 30 days, there was this research in Canada. There are some people who need prescription medications. I'm not going to tell somebody who's diagnosed with bipolar 1 disorder or schizophrenia to manage their symptoms with nutrition and exercise. I'm not going to do that. But most Americans are getting prescription antidepressants from their primary care physician. Here's a study that came out of Canada. They gave people diagnosed with major depressive disorder. So we're not talking about like, oh, I just feel a little blue. And they gave half of them the high EPA omega-3 that we, taught, we started on. And they gave the other half a prescription SSRI. And A they selective found,
0: serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Yes. Okay. So we're on the you know, same page. So
1: all these really popular medications: Paxil, Prozac, Selexa, Lexapro. All these medications that are so popular with Americans. And they found that the high EPA, so it has to be that seven to one ratio, right, that we talked about, was as effective in treating major depressive disorder as the prescription. SSRI antidepressant. That to me is groundbreaking. Like what? So why are so many Americans still taking these, these antidepressants that cause weight gain, sexual side effects, emotional blunting, And there was also another study, I believe it was out of Australia that was just published in the past year that found that the Mediterranean diet, you know, and of course I, I modify it as the Mediterranean diet um, with a little bit of, you know, lower carb intermittent fasting thrown in, treat, not just prevented, but treated, was effective in treating major depressive disorder. So, are Americans, are they trying diet? Are they trying omega 3s? before they're trying Paxil and Lexapro? Are they trying probiotics? Because listen, probiotics manufacture, there are different strains that manufacture GABA, serotonin in your gut. Those are the same two neurotransmitters that are manufactured by Xanax and Paxil. So it's like, to me, it's just, it's just, It's you know for a lack of a better word it's crazy that we're we're taking so many medications which is why the subtitle in my book is is the word natural is in there because my book is chock full of natural approaches to treating anxiety disorders which are by the way twice as as common as depression you know anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in in America. And, you know, not shocking because, you know, Americans are more stressed out than ever.
0: Oh, intriguing. Okay. Well, so then so that's the anxiety side of things. Can you give us a perspective for when you're talking about healing your drained brain, what are sort of the, the primary culprits of our brains getting drained in the first place and some of the other kind of really high leverage interventions? So it sounds like that diet is, is big, but maybe could we get a little bit more precise, like these are some foods that are really troublesome.
1: Yeah, well, sugar shrinks your brain. So here's the thing. No, there you go. Wow, uh, uh, shrinks it, your brain. brain it, it shrinks a part of the brain, the hippocampus, that makes you more resilient to deal with stress in the long term. So, And it's sort of a vicious cycle, right? Because the crazy thing is that when you are stressed out, you are more likely to crave sugar and flour and then you eat the sugar. So, okay, so I mean, let me. So you're sitting at your desk, and you have an awful coworker who gets on your nerves. Oh, she's and the, the worst. The she is the worst. And then your boss calls calls you in for this meeting, right? And you have this deadline, and your kid is texting you, or your mom is texting you, and or you know, and you just have you have stuff going on. And, you know, it's called life. And then what do you want to do? You want to like reach for that bag of chips, or you want to reach for that candy bar, or whatever you that whatever that blood sugar spiking. Junk food repeatedly you know and, and listen we all we all have our little cheat food, you know, my cheat food is macaroni and cheese, and we but what repeatedly when we spike our blood sugar with sugar, flour, soda, you name it, um, you know these you know junk food coffee beverages, so you know we put skim milk, high sugar skim milk in our coffee or these you know these sugar coffee beverages that have like four hundred calories, we shrink that part of our brain that in the long term helps us to remain resilient. So now we're less likely to deal with stress, and now we need more sugar and flour and pasta to deal with the stress, and the cycle goes on and on and on and on, right? I think the thing that really helps is you know cognitive behavioral therapy. I think in 2018, people are less likely to go to, you know, therapy once a week just because we're busier than ever and we're sort of we have so many balls up in the air. And listen, I have a private practice and I think people need it more than ever, but if you can't go this week to your therapist, I think we need to realize that the way we interpret the events in our life affects the way our brains are going to release what I call our three brain draining stress hormones, which are adrenaline, norepinephrine, And cortisol, I showed this on the Rachel Ray show. I showed my my graph. So you want your cortisol levels to, cortisol levels in general, we want them to be low, but we also want them to to rise 50% when we wake up. That's called the cortisol awakening response. So in a healthy brain, that stress hormone cortisol should rise 50%. That helps to wake you up and then cortisol levels should slowly go down throughout the day. For example, we can use high levels of vitamin C to bring down very generally high levels of cortisol. And, you know, just one of the, I have hundreds of interventions in my book, but um, if the cortisol is not rising and falling at the appropriate time of day, we can use, there's a chapter in my book, cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia or cbti and we we adjust your circadian rhythms because there is an inverse relationship cortisol rises when melatonin falls and vice versa so at night when cortisol is falling melatonin is supposed to be rising so let me give you an example it's 10 p.m. and so let me ask you a question what are you doing at at 10 p.m. have you ever been a doing something that you're not supposed to be doing at night, watching TV or checking your iPhone for emails.
0: Yeah, I, I'm usually asleep, but it does happen at sometimes some Netflix, et cetera, at 10 PM Yep. with flux, guilty, of course, but yep. still Netflix. So I'm <laughs> guilty
1: of that as well. So Netflix is bad, but checking our phone is even worse. So if, if we're checking our phone and a work email pops in and you know, Americans are guilty of this, we're going to wear our work polos, everywhere we go, we're going to like email. They're going to email you at 11 p.m. and they're going to expect you to work on the clock. And that's that's a cultural thing. So what happens when you get that uh, email from your boss at 11 p.m., your cortisol levels rise when they should be falling. Number two, the blue light from electronics uh, sends a signal to the pineal gland in your brain to suppress melatonin production, so melatonin goes down when it should be going up, which means that you can't fall asleep, which means that your circadian rhythms are off, which means that you have insomnia, which means that the next day when you go to work and you're groggy, you are much more likely to experience high levels of stress and anxiety, and then the cycle, and then you're more likely to drink a lot of caffeine, and then you're less likely to fall asleep the next day, And you just, you know, you just feel cranky and then the cycle gets worse and worse and worse. So when we can test for this with this simple saliva test, it gives us a little snapshot, you know, and I I recommend that people test because it is a one day test, test them on a normal day. Like if you slept terribly the night before and like, you know, you, you have a kid and your kid didn't sleep the night before, don't test on that day. Test your saliva on a normal day. So we get like a good snapshot of your cortisol levels. But I think it's really interesting that so many of these strategies are so natural so that people don't have to rely so much on Xanax and Ambien and and antidepressants. And we can rely more on probiotics and vitamin C and vitamin B rich foods you know, I, I'm obsessed with B vitamins and folate and vitamin B12 because they're just so incredible for the, for the brain.
0: Oh, very cool. Well, so then given all of these potential levers, you know, I'd love to get your take. You know, if you're a professional and your brain is drained and tired and stressed and anxious and not creative as a result of of all these things, what would be sort of your top three? Okay, this is easy. And if you do it, you'll feel a huge difference recommendations
1: yeah I think changing your diet is number one so less sugar Ch- less sugar well can I give you my top three diet and then two others <laughs> yeah. okay that's so so my top three diet recommendations because diet is number the it's just the most important thing we do so less sugar more omega threes and more B vitamins so and of the B vitamins uh folate so get those uh get not Folic acid. Folic acid is just terrible for you. So if you're supplementing, you want to look for methylfolate. So folate converts to methylfolate. Um, you want to get the more expensive form of folate, so methylfolate. Uh, and the same thing goes for vitamin B12. You want to get. Uh, you want to look at the back of a label. You want methyl B12, or what you can just do uh, is get the natural forms of both. By eating lots and lots, and what I recommend in my book is seven servings of uh, vegetables and whole fruits a day, lots of dark leafy greens and remember uh, fruit juice is like drinking fruit juice is like drinking a soda in terms of your blood sugar so uh, don't don't forget to eat your fruits, so whole fruits, and if you want you can uh, just remember the the little phrase "Eat your fruits, drink your vegetables, you can also eat your vegetables, uh, but it's okay, so i I love drinking vegetable juice. And, and of course, lemon and lime make a great low calorie those are the fruits that it's okay to you know squeeze you know lots of great lemon juice to cut that that bitter vegetable flavor in terms of the three top practices to heal your 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 brain um, I love and this is a chapter in my book it has sort of a funny uh, i I actually got to i don't know if any uh, of your listeners got to see it this episode aired recently and hopefully it'll our replay, and people can uh, Google this, but I got to hypnotize Dr. Oz on his show. Uh, now, hypnosis is really fascinating because it moves the brain into fast, from fast beta waves. And if you're working on that spreadsheet at work, your brain on an EEG would read very fast, uh, it would show very fast beta waves, which are associated with anxiety. And hypnosis moves it into very slow. Theta brainwaves, which are the brain waves that you're in when you're dreaming, and no surprise, you know your dreams are usually very creative. Well, guess what? When you're in hypnosis, you tend to be very, very creative. So if you're trying to solve a problem, uh, doing a little self hypnosis, and I have a script in the book, can help you to be really creative. So if you are a tech executive, or you're an ad executive, or you want to write a chapter in a new book and you're uh, a little stuck, do a little self hypnosis. Uh, and a little anecdote is when thomas edison was inventing the light bulb when he tried to solve a problem he would hold these ball bearings and he would take a nap and when we fall asleep we pass from beta down into alpha which is in between and then into theta and then into delta which is dreamless sleep but in order to get from you know awake to sleep we pass through theta on our way down into dreamless sleep. And at that point, our body sort of go limp, and he would drop the ball bearings, and that would wake him up. So he knew that he would be in that creative state, and he would then wake up, and he would be more creative. So we could say that that theta brainwave that you're in during hypnosis helped Thomas Edison to invent the light bulb, isn't
0: that cool? That is cool, and, and so I'm curious then, so there's, there's different brain states. So, so the beta, I suppose, is useful, if you were doing sort of the, the high alertness, less creativity that's stuff. Right. And, and right. is there a way to, to get to there quickly if that's what the situation calls for?
1: Yeah, there is. So you can just uh, put your, your, you can put your, uh, if you're in a shared workspace environment, if you're working at a WeWork or a space like that, or if you're in one of these tech offices with no doors and no one has offices, you can put your Bose noise canceling, uh, headphones on and you can put on hard rock music. Or any sort of like really fast music, and if you want to put on if you want to slow the brain down, you can put on really slow classical music because really slow heart heavy metal will will help the brain go into uh, a beta wave state or you can just think about something really stressful, but I don't recommend that because sometimes those sometimes those those brain waves are, are hard to get out of, and you're probably also going to re- release a lot of Adrenaline and and cortisol, which is you know not only cardiotoxic but also depresses your immune system. Uh, But you you know listen, beta brainwaves are great for um, you know in in small bursts and for a short amount of time. Um, So they can be really helpful uh, while you are trying to stay really focused. And you know what's also interesting is that uh, patients diagnosed with ADHD have too many theta brainwaves and not enough beta and patients with anxiety disorders have too much beta and not enough theta, which makes sense, right? Uh, if your brain is too fast, you're anxious. If your brain is too slow, you have inattentive ADH, ADHD. So,
0: and, and can you give us the, the one-minute version of, of how does one do self-hypnosis?
1: Yeah. So the one-minute version is take yourself to a relaxed state. And imagine in your mind's eye, you're going down an elevator from the 10th floor down to the first floor, See yourself in a really happy, peaceful place and then see yourself solving whatever creative problem you need to solve. And then once you have that answer, take yourself back up that elevator and then, you know, crack, crack that computer code or that ad sale that you need to solve or that new chapter in your book.
0: Okay, good. So we got the diet, we got the self-hypnosis, and what else?
1: Mindfulness. So I'm going to give you a, your, your listeners a, a, a mindfulness hack. So some people think that they have to go to some really fancy yoga meditation studio and pay $26. And, and by the way, I, I love these new meditation studios, and I love meditation apps. But if you want to do something, and if you're really busy, just the next shower that you take, Make that your meditation because all you have to do to be mindful, and I have a a, a little section on mindfulness in the book, is m- mindfulness is simply paying attention on purpose to the present moment, right? So we all, hopefully, all your listeners shower. So all you have to do is pay attention to the smell of your soap or your shampoo and you have to pay attention to the temperature of the water on your skin and all of these skin receptors telling you that the skin is feeling the water running down the back of your neck. And that's sort of a, a shower meditation. So if you don't have any extra time to take the L train into the city and to the yoga studio, then you can just take a five-minute shower, which hopefully you're going to do anyways, and you can make that into a a meditation. And then you can take uh, a walk and, you know, you probably have to walk from your car or from the train into your office building and you can make that your meditation and you can put down your phone and turn your ringer off. And on your lunch hour today, you can take a mindful walk and that will allow your your brain to unplug and a little hack. Uh, Remember that, you know, listen, I am I'm not somebody who, you know, I'm a little bit of a hippie. You know, I believe that we should choose natural strategies whenever we can, but I also love my iPhone and I love apps. But, you know, the electric signals are not great for our brain. So instead of just turning your ringer off, what I recommend is give yourself a 20 minute practice over work and put your plane on airplane mode, turn off the Wi Fi, turn off the towers. Because then your body is not getting all that radiation, the electrical signals, and you'll get a little break. And take a 20-minute walk. That'll actually help you to be even more mindful. You can actually stop checking Instagram, and you can just take a walk around the park and be mindful for those 20 minutes. It'll just really change your brain and actually thicken the most human part of your brain, which is your prefrontal cortex, which is kind of cool.
0: And when you say mindful, part of it is not looking at technology. What else makes a walk mindful?
1: It's simply using your five senses. So pay attention to three things that you see, two things that you can hear, one thing that you, uh, that you can taste, maybe another thing that you can smell. Maybe there's even a taste landing on your tongue. Uh, so just, just pay attention to the, to those five senses and those five senses that you are Perceiving in the only moment where your life is unfolding, which is right here and right now as you're walking, will suck you into that present moment.
0: Lovely. Thank you. Well, tell me anything else you want to make sure to cover before we shift gears and hear a few of your favorite things?
1: Yeah, I think just the power of relationships and connection. So, whether or not you're in a relationship, just remember, you know, I'm actually doing this uh, interview with you, and uh, Rocco is on my lap, and I'm actually. He's very uh, high maintenance, so I actually uh, prevent him from barking when I'm doing podcast interviews from home <laughs> by petting him. And, um, you know, oxytocin is an incredible, um, you know, in, in Heal Your Drain Brain, I, I have those three brain draining stress hormones, which I already mentioned, but I also have the brain balancers. So those are the feel-good neurotransmitters, which include GABA, serotonin, and also oxytocin and some others that I mentioned in the book. Uh, but remember that connection is potent. Uh, and whether or not you're in a relationship, there are many ways you can release feel-good neurotransmitters. And I'm, I'm releasing oxytocin just by petting Rocco right now, my little rescue my little, my tough guy from I who I rescued from South Central LA. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's amazing that there are natural strategies we can use each and every moment.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's, it's so exciting the stuff with oxytocin. We had Paul Zach, a uh, big researcher in the field uh, back in episode 124. And, and it's so huge. So I'm curious when it comes to say petting the dog, is there a certain, a dosage? Like if I were to take a break and, and hang out with my precious baby Jonathan, uh, just how much touch kind of releases uh, a dose?
1: Well, I would say the more the better. I don't have a dose specific. Uh, I sh- I should measure that um, because you know when it comes to uh, the brain and also anxiety disorders, you know one of the one of the pieces of research that I was most excited um, that, that I had to put in in my book was the fact that intranasal oxytocin given to people who went through a trauma actually prevented them from developing post-traumatic stress disorder. So it's just just really incredible that these so-called hippie, you know, airy-fairy, quote, natural strategies are maybe really potent medicine. You know, I, I, I just, I, I can't, I, I'm just so excited about them. And I, I have to and it's why I was so called to write this book. Because I think people just need to know how, how incredibly potent and powerful they really are.
0: Oh, that's great. Well, now can you share with us a, a favorite quote, something you find inspiring?
1: Yeah, I, I think it really was that quote. Sometimes you have to jump and build your, your wings on the way down. But the other quote that I really loved that, that helped me was that it's that intersection where preparation meets opportunity and I think that's so true for all of us. And I think the success that I've had in my career, you know, this is really interesting. My first book was published by Penguin, and it was a huge failure. And <laughs> then I'm now about to publish my, my, you know, I just published Heal Your Drained Brain, which was my fourth book. This fall, I'm releasing, uh, I'm writing the next Chicken Soup for the Soul. Uh, called, it's called Think, Act, and Be Happy, which is my fifth book. And, you know, what's so crazy after my first book was I got a, a very sizable advance and it was a very huge bomb. And then my second book was I had to take it, it was very hard for any public, you know, my lit agent said, Mike, it's going to be really hard for me to get any publisher to take a chance on you after the huge disaster that was your first book, but I'll try and we went directly, you know, the first book we did like, you know, uh, bidding war and all that nonsense. And I talked, she said, you know, who, and even that first time around, there was one publisher that I was really, I really loved. And so the second time around, I said, you know, I really want to be a Hay House author. And we, so we went directly to Hay House. We didn't, you know, we didn't do the bidding war thing. And I just took a small advance, you know, relatively speaking, you know, it wasn't like, or anything like that. But, and I was very, very grateful for the advance that they gave me. And that book became a New York Times bestseller. So it's, it's crazy, you know, when preparation meets opportunity, you know, and I feel like everything in my life now looking back sort of makes sense. And you just have to be ready and you have to look at the failures, the so called failures, I guess, to me, I've reframed as uh, learning opportunities. Um, I've learned, I I think I've, I, I have, I've definitely learned as much or I guess probably more from my failures as I've learned from my success. So that's kind of cool. So yeah.
0: All right. And how about a favorite book?
1: The Alchemist. I think as a, you know, looking at my own neurochemistry, I'm an explorer. I'm an ENFJ. Uh, I like the way dopamine feels in my brain. I have a chapter in my book in Heliodrain Brain that helps people to really understand their neurochemistry and their personality type, you know, just giving you an example. You know people who are who are like me uh if you are uh if, if you're a sensation seeker you're more likely to be diagnosed with addiction and but less likely to be diagnosed with an anxiety disorder and the The opposite the con- the converse is true if you're an introvert or a sensation avoider and that's what it makes sense right so I think it helps people to understand the intersection between uh, sort of your genetics and epigenetics and, you know, sort of this whole nature and nurture question. And for me, the alchemist really helps to keep me, you know, because, you know, for me, the alchemist is sort of, it's this story of this seeker who like has to like seek, you know, go around the world. But then he sort of realizes that, you know, everything was sort of here all along. Right. And that's for me as an explorer and a sensation seeker, that's a message that really grounds me because as a, as a, somebody who really, my brain chemicals, I really like the way dopamine feels. And my only problem uh, with that is sometimes I can just never be happy with what I have. Not that I'm not happy with what I have, but I can, I sometimes have to realize I can just want more and more and more. you right. So, so I have to also realize that I'm the kind of person who gets really excited about things. So I could literally try to write like, 18 books a year. And I have to realize like the book that I'm writing now is the book that I'm meant to like keep my focus on. And I can't get distracted and write 18 books because I have to like focus on this book because this book is important too. So yeah.
0: And how about a favorite tool?
1: Yeah, I think for me, I'm just generally obsessed with apps in general. So I love workout app and I love all apps <laughs> these days. So, you know, I think, you know, Uber was the first app that, you know, sort of like landed on the general public and I, uh, public's, you know, sort of uh, on the public stage and, you know, sort of like was the first app that, you know, like your grandmother has heard of. But for me now, like I love audible, um, audible has allowed me to read like, a, you know, or listen to, I guess you would say, uh, a book, a new book a week and it has allowed me you know every time we challenge our brain um we're forming new neurons and and you know before it was car ride was just music and you know i love music and music's great music is is good for your brain in a different way but for me to to hear a book without advertising and i'm challenging my brain and learning something new it's i can increase my productivity with the time that i already have um and i don't have to carve out any new time and my time is so limited so that app has allowed me to take the time that I have. And also, you know, workout apps have allowed me, you know, and I love, I'm a class, I, I have class paths. So, you know, I can take instead of belonging, I used to belong to like all these different classes, but it's like, okay, well, they have classes at 12 and four and six. But if I have a call and that conference call goes over, and then I have to be my private practice, and I need to treat these people at this time, or I'm doing a talk show and it goes over. Well, you know, I can either look and look at ClassPass and find a class that starts an hour later, or I now can go on my phone and do a workout at my at a gym and still have a trainer talking to me and you know music playing in my ear, so I can still get a great workout anytime I want. So I think apps have really sort of uh, helped me to grow my own brain in, in really cool ways.
0: Beautiful and. Is there a particular nugget that you share that really seems to connect and resonate and get uh, quoted frequently?
1: Yeah. Use it or lose it. And, you know, it's sort of if for stroke survivors and for people, that's a brain health little nugget. Uh, but I think it, it's not just for people who are recovering from a stroke. I think all of us need to realize that all of us have a brain. And listen, we all have brains that are actually, and listen, of course, we talked about this. If we are, eating sugar. <laughs> We're actually doing this more rapidly. But if you are an adult, your brain is actually shrinking a little bit just with age every year. But if you are exercising, if you are consuming a lot of omega-3s and B vitamins, you can prevent your brain and uh, you know learning new things there's, a, there's something really cool. You know, we're talking about, you know, there's this all this new research on stem cells, but guess what? Stem cells are already here and you don't have to go to a university hospital. There's this really cool stuff, BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, and we can boost this through the power of exercise, omega-3s, you know, all of these cool things that we know help to increase neurogenesis, the birth of new brain cells, and we do it with our everyday tasks. So I always go back to this nugget of use it or lose it when it comes to the brain. But I'm gonna I take it one step further, which is use it and improve it. So we always have to look at the brain, which is our most important organ, and always be looking for opportunities to use it and improve it. Because yes, you know, just when my brother had a stroke twenty years ago, my brother's now in his thirties, they thought that neurogenesis was something that didn't happen after you were, you know, 18 or, you know, in your early 20s. But we now know that you have the power to make new brain cells throughout your adult life. So, yeah, everything that I recommend in my book is always geared towards use it and improve it. Create new brain cells, use exercise, use omega-3s, use consume turmeric every day, you know, these, you know, uh, and combine them with you know i call them probiotic boosters these you know these antioxidants you know make sure you have lots of curry in your diet because they work synergistically you know coffee turmeric they work synergistically with the with the probiotics and the prebiotics to make sure that your brain is 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 improving every day you know so it's it's just incredible that if we really get on board with these sort of actually new strategies that we can quote use it and improve it it being our brain
0: oh lovely and If folks want to learn more or get in touch with you, where would you point them?
1: I love Facebook. I do a lot of Facebook lives because I I love long form. I love like, I do a lot of like 20 minute videos like backstage from the doctors and Dr. Oz. And uh, so I do a lot of face stuff on Facebook. So I would go to my uh, Facebook page or drmikedow.com.
0: All right. And do you have a final challenge or call to action you'd issue to folks seeking to be awesome at their jobs?
1: Yeah, I would say that to be awesome at your job use your brain to just figure out a way that today you can use that adage of use it and prove it. Um, And by doing so, you're probably going to be a little bit more awesome at your job. And you'll probably also be a little happier
0: too. Beautiful. Well, Dr. Bike, this has been really fun. I wish you so much luck as you continue to spread the good word and heal drained brains and appear on all the cool shows and keep it up. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me. I really like the way Dr. Mike Dow brought up how you can make a walk a mindful walk. Because sometimes I get sucked in like, oh, I should be mindful now. I'm supposed to be mindful. Uh, pay attention to my surroundings as opposed to those questions that just trigger sort of an immediate response in terms of getting mindful. Like what are three things that I see? Hey, there's something I see. There's a big umbrella. There's something else I see. There's a, a whole lot of pink on that sign. That's kind of different. Hey, here's something else I see. Th- those, those shoes... I have bright green laces, okay? And there are two things I hear. And, and so I thought that was just very helpful in terms of getting out of my head and thinking and strategizing and all this stuff that my brain tends to go to into that more present mindful spot by being pinpoint with the, the trigger questions I ask myself. So that was helpful for me. Hope you dug that and more. And again, if you wanna check out the show notes, the transcript, the links to items that we've referenced, it's over at com slash F306. If you haven't already, I do hope you'll push subscribe. We're going to hear from Carmine Gallo in the next episode, and he is talking about how to take your communication from good to great. Hope to catch you there. Peace.